Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Oil & Gas Onshore, where I am on a relentless pursuit to bring value, unity, and information to the energy industry one conversation at a time. So sit back, relax, and remember that even this very device you're listening on requires some form of hydrocarbon. This episode is brought to you by our new sponsor for the Oil & Gas Onshore podcast. A big shout out to Technip FMC, a company who truly represents the future of the oil and gas industry. Hey everyone, look, not only do you get awesome weekly content by listening, now you've got a chance to win some serious swag brought to you by Technip FMC. Each week, one lucky listener will win a bundle of gear, which includes everything I'm about to list. Seriously, everything. An audio duffel bag, a Yeti tumbler, an executive power bank power charger, a Columbia neck gator, and a set of Ace Pods 2.0, which are the true wireless Bluetooth earbuds. All you got to do is click the link in the show notes and enter your information to win. Simple. Now go get your swag on. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm here with Muhammad Sadiq, fellow podcast host at Growth Hacking Secrets. Muhammad, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me, Justin. Great yeah. to be with you. Good. No, it's been a pleasure uh, just returning the favor. I mean, it, it was it was fun being on your podcast, which, you know, for everyone listening, if you're interested in, in more content from Muhammad, you know, definitely take a look at Growth Hacking Secrets. He's done a fantastic job and has been in the space for a long time, which we can get into. But Muhammad, where are you joining us from today? I mean, obviously we're in Zoom here, but where, where are you at right now? I am physically in Atlanta, Georgia for the last 17 years. The last 12 months stuck in the, at home. <laughs> yeah, right. So the famous ATL. How's life been in Atlanta over the last year, obviously, with COVID and everything? You know, it's a universally is the same. However, I'm so blessed. So far, so good. Kind of touch wood. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Going for a walk every day. Almost two-hour walk every day. And socially distance and everything. You know, just follow the code. Yeah. No, that that's true. And so... You know, I got to know you a little bit before doing the podcast here and you showed me your calendar and and it looked like a checkerboard, but there was no blanks. It was all just color. And so you said you do a two hour walk every day. When in the heck do you have time to do that? What time do you get up in the morning? You know what? That's walk is also on the calendar. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know I, that. I, okay, that's good. You schedule it in. Do you normally do it at night or in the morning or what? I do it usually 4 p.m. My okay. Atlanta time and usually I get up at around 5. Good for you. 5.30, yeah. Have you always been so scheduled? No, it depends. Whatever the goal is, right. I will do everything to uncover any obstacle I'm facing. Wherever I'm stuck, I will get a help like person like you, Justin. Right. And mentors everywhere. However, I will never switch my goal. Do whatever it takes to make make it happen ethically, legally, no shortcuts, do the by the book. However, one thing you cannot do is stop me achieving that goal. Nice. So that's amazing. And, and I want to get more into that mindset because I think that's important for a lot of people to, to kind of give perspective. So with, you know, being Atlanta right now, you say you're still in your house and, and we're here in Texas, you know, and Governor Abbott's decided to kind of release the hounds, if you will. Is everything still pretty strict up there or what does that look like right now? No, Georgia and Texas are similar code. <laughs> okay. Okay. So everyone's out shaking hands, kissing babies and everything else, yeah. huh? Uh, not me. No? <laughs> no? Okay. No, that's okay. You can uh, you know, shake baby six feet away, even 12 feet away. <laughs> hey, 
you look nice. Thank you. Nice dress, you know. Just, you know. Yeah. That's okay. I think that's probably a better way, you know. Keep everybody else safe. And hey, yeah. Very important because we see real people are impacted. Their real loved ones are lost, you know. No, and, and you bring up a great point. That's actually, that's one thing that when all this started, I can be honest and say, I really thought of this selfishly. And I thought, well, I'm healthy, so I'm not worried about it. But what I didn't realize, and again, this was just me being selfish, is, is what we do affects everybody else. And just because I may not get sick doesn't mean I can't pass it on to someone who may get sick. My wife's grandmother, she's elderly, and she'd probably be considered you know, a high-risk individual. And so the last thing I would want is for me to get it and be okay, but then all of a sudden it gets to her. And so that, you know, that kind of rings, strikes a chord with me. And so you're right. It's, it's not only about us, but it's about everyone else around us and just respecting other people's well-being. But Hey, look, before we keep going, I do want to highlight some fascinating technology provided by our sponsor. So if you'd give us a minute here, their new and integrated iComplete ecosystem is digitally enabled and delivers efficiency benefits by dramatically reducing components and connections while simultaneously providing real-time data to operators about the WellPad operations. Technip FMC is continuing to push the limits in order to achieve full frack automation. To discover more about all the benefits of iComplete, click the link in the show notes or check them out on LinkedIn. So, Mohammed, before we get into the nuts and bolts of things, I'm, I'm curious, how are you you know, as Muhammad and, you know, podcast host, how are you innovating this year? And whether it's through business, marketing, technology, personal branding, what does that look like for you right now? You know, innovating this year is get more focused on empty, not business, 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 business. Because people who are going to win, people who, who won last year in 2020 and 2021, who have more empathy with their customers. Because everyone is hurting directly or indirectly, or they know of someone hurting in their circle. Wow. How would you describe empathy? Because I think that's a that's a quite a good buzzword, but I don't know if people quite understand what that means. What does empathy mean to you? Empathy mean to me is like everybody else. Hey, I can see the upside. Oh, we are going to get through this together. Mm. Ask me, how can I help you? Call me anytime. Right. Instead of, oh. Wish you all the best. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that's a good point. I'm so sorry you're not doing good. Okay. It is what it is. See, that's that's the sympathy. However, not showing up for that. You're not showing the concern and seeing how you can actually help them. The help doesn't really mean, maybe in some cases, giving them a discount in your service. Right. Delay, delaying the payment or even writing off some of the invoice. That's okay. In a long run and bigger schema thing, people don't forget how you have them felt in that downtime. You know, how many people we have in our downtime taking care of yourself. That's how you build a long lasting relationships. Yes. What do you think the biggest challenges for people that have a problem with deploying empathy? What do you see is, is a challenge with that? Because I think a lot of people like to pretend they have empathy because it sounds good, but, but actions speak for themselves. Yeah. What the care, I am on a quota. I need to then need to do that many sales. Oh, the moment Justin told me I can't pay you right now and I can't buy this, I need to get on my next call where I can get my money. I'll make a sale. Mm. I'll follow up. Justin is no longer in my priority anymore. Right. See the difference? Totally. Yeah. Mm. However, take the next four or five minutes. 
okay i understand where you are right now i've been in my in this situation in my past maybe not now here is how i came out of that one maybe you can apply that something to your life you know yeah that's really good is is really showing like having compassion for other people's positions yeah. i think is extremely important and you know that that kind of ties back to to you know over the last year things have certainly changed for for many people some people say it's changed for the better some say for the worse but what's something that surprised you over the last year since the beginning of covid and anything that really comes to mind that's changed your mindset or trajectory i mean has anything really just kind of made you sit back and say you know what huh this is different and and it kind of changed your your focus has anything come to mind and the one thing has changed forever is this is a new normal get used to it yeah. people are asking questions oh when we are going back to our normal life guess what let me give you a truth after 911 travel changed forever is mm-hmm. it right yeah that's a new normal we right. adapted already yeah so what do you think is going to be the biggest difference i mean obviously there's you know whether it's travel whether it's people businesses who are going to, there are two modes of business some businesses are going to thrive and some are going to survive and get out of business like a shut down their doors very very common you see it happening every other day right now all over yeah in fact is a worldwide the people who are going to thrive what well, who they take as they adapt this new normal and they readjust their products or services or business model to adapt this new normal until we adapt it you can't thrive people a lot of times have challenges with change and and adapting but what's what are some things that have helped you become adaptable to different environments because you know and 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 I want to actually you know after the question and we can talk about it but I'm curious you know to see you know understand where you're from and everything else and and you've obviously had to adapt to a different environment different country but anyway so what has helped you adapt and and are there anything that people out there can kind of take away from becoming more adaptable to certain environments as you know it's very hard to make it change happen only two time either we have a near death experience in a you know someone has a very close near death experience like an accident yep they will change it or they have a heart attack they will they some may even quit their smoking after that right you know, near death experience the other the change is easy to adapt easier to adapt is when you have accountability partner yes otherwise you can't adapt the change change is very very hard to adapt it's you know so as you know i am the author of a new success secrets by yeah. the way it's available on amazon you know okay so in the book we say you always need a accountability partner you know that's why we say how you can run build run and manage unstoppable success teams why i am able to achieve my goals because i have unstoppable success team mm. how they work together right Every- uplifting everybody else it's not like the fluff thing oh you know everything looks good no even you feel it's a real empty among the team members yeah 3 to 6 people in one team never more than that how many you said sorry 3 to 6 3 to 6 okay 6 people only wow what about 26 people teams different teams sub sub teams each one is only assigned one task hmm and they all work together to deliver their best version of that task whether to zero supervision from me or anybody else right the ownership of that task huh you know i i think you mentioned something that's important is we talk about team and then having accountability partners but i mean how does one you know assuming they're in an environment where they don't have the support or they don't have people around them 
that have that similar mindset and perhaps they just haven't had good luck identifying people to associate themselves with and whether that's environmentally, socially, you know, or just a product of the work environment that they are in. How do we identify people to kind of associate with? And then how can we, because oftentimes when you do that, you can either lose friends or you can, you know, ultimately relationships have to be severed in order to a lot of times make change. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how people can kind of navigate those waters? You mentioned about a losing of friends. We, you already have been losing friends for all your previous life. Let me give you the example. When you were in elementary school, you're a little kid, you know, and you had a good friends, middle school friends, high school friends and college and university and wherever. And previous year, 10 jobs, how many friends are active right now? You have been losing them already. You have the experience of losing friends. Why? Because you don't talk to them that frequently. There's nothing common to discuss. So we all have the experience of losing friends. However, get rid of a toxic relationships in your life, from your life. What's the first step to do that? Because that's a lot harder to do than it, than it sounds. Justin, I promise you and all the people watching oil and gas onshore, okay? Don't tell anyone. You can even get rid of people from your family too. I'm not talking about divorce or something. Okay, I just, I'm not going to that extreme. Getting rid means you have less communication. Right. Okay? Yep. So if you're talking to someone every day, I like I call you every day for one hour chit chat and talking about other people and this happened and that happened, you can minimize that task to half an hour. Now you lost, gain 50% of your time. And now eventually, you know what, Justin, Sadiq, I love talking to you. However, you know what? Sunday probably is the best day. No, you do put in a week time. Yeah. The moment you make the little small change, just going to think, I think something happened. Sadiq was talking to me for a whole year, every day. Yeah. I love yeah. talking to him. Now you're going to shift away from me significantly on your own. You don't have to, I don't even have to kind of fire the relationship. Just create a distance. First, create a, minimize it. Incremental changes. You can't yeah. leave the person right away. That doesn't look good. And then eventually only meet once a year on Thanksgiving Day. Wow. I mean, that's practical advice. I think it's important to consider. And 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 it, I mean, you said it so perfectly saying, you know, throughout our lives, you know, people have entered our lives and, and have left our lives for different reasons. And so we're used to it, you know, and it, it's a comfort thing. But I think getting rid of toxic relationships is, is extremely important. And something that I've always, you know, and I don't know if it was Tim Ferriss or, or someone that I had listened to years ago, it said, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself the most. 100%. And, and that's that's it, why I have you just in my circle. So <laughs> You got a large circle. I don't think I'm one of five, but I do appreciate the compliment. <laughs> but but it's so true. And if you just kind of take a, take a sip back and you, you consider it a pie chart and you put the names of the five people you associate with, if you were to blend them all together, you're pretty much the average of it. And it's so true. And again, just associating yourselves with people who are, who are uplifting and who are positive and who anytime you tell them something about, you know, your little successes, because you obviously want to celebrate the success of yourself while also celebrating the success of others. If they're not supportive and, and providing more ambition and just saying, hey, keep going, you're doing awesome you know, just kind of consider the relationship because, you know, and like you said, it could be family. A lot of siblings have a, have a real deep competition going. Yeah. Jealous. Jealous. Yes. And again, it's jealousy is love and hate at the same time. Right. And so, 
you know, there's, there's you, people have to be careful because jealousy is tough. And a lot of families have a lot of envy internally. So I've, you know, you've, I've had to cut ties with a lot of my family and it's sad, but it is what it is. But just because they share the same blood doesn't mean they share the same spirit. Okay. And that's something that, that a lot of people, again, it's really hard to chew on and, and to accept, but it, in order for growth to happen, it's, it's extremely important. Muhammad, you know, I would like to dig a little deeper. And by that, I mean, where, where are you from? And I'm very interested in your story because I, don't, I, I really only know you on a surface level, but I'd like to dig a little deeper. So if you would tell us, where were you born? I was born in a remote village countryside in Pakistan. In my village, there are around 300 plus families. Like, and in, I probably was the first one who had the master degree in computer science from. Wow. Okay. But I mean, you did, you weren't, I'm assuming a lot happened between the time you were born and getting a computer science degree. So talk about growing up. I mean, did you grow up in that village? I mean, what, t- tell uh, us about that. Middle school, I was there, no power, you know, no big roads to the city. You know, you have to walk and do on a bicycle five miles to get to the city. And, you know, all that's, uh, you know, we wow. talk about stone ages. Yeah, that's now really backward. I didn't realize you were that old. You just exposed yourself. Yeah, that's true. It's authentic. You have to <laughs> share what you know, yeah. who you are. So the people kind of like you, who will like to have a struggle and want to yeah. grow. That's why you attract the right people towards you, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's why wow. be authentic. Share your story. That's it. You know? Yeah. I am self-made in a way. My pa- We were by five brothers and two sisters. And my parents never went to school. Our whole year income was, even in today's dollar, maybe a few hundred dollars a year. Wow. That's incredible. And so, okay, so you, you grew up there. And then how old were you when you left the village or when you guys moved from there? I could have been 14, 15, eighth grade. Okay. Then I moved to like a relocated to city. My father said, you know, he passed away now. He said, we can't afford a city. You know, when you move to a bigger city, relatively, you know, from a village to a city is a bigger city, you know, so that's what we're talking about. So it's a, we cannot afford expensive. So you, what you have to do is you have to earn yourself, you know. So I was doing a tutoring on an evening and daytime I was a student, you know. I was tutoring a sixth grade student, elementary school, seventh grade, making a little like dollar, two dollar here and there. However, I could afford my expenses, you know. Wow. Then in a college time, college is more expensive relatively. We Everything is relative, you know, from school to a college is more expensive. You know, it doesn't matter how expensive that is. I didn't have enough money to pay for my rent and everything. Then I moved to a mosque that's equivalent to a church or synagogue you know okay so that way i stayed there for like two years three years you know so that way i don't have to pay for the rent right right you see yeah <laughs> when you talk about why you're focused on achieving goals guess what i had my brought up is in a way where i have to kind of rely on achieving what i put my mind mind on that one otherwise i could have been education not completing the education and you know People ask me all the time, how you end up in picking up a master's in computer science? I say, because after college, I was tutoring on a side. I had only money where I could afford for two years fee college. So I picked up computer science. Wow. And that was way before computer science was even considered cool because now everyone yeah, wants to do computer cool. science. No, not cool. Yeah. Now it's a different. We're talking about 30 years ago. Now I'm aging myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So... And not to deviate from your story, but the evolution of computer science must just completely fascinate you. The things that you learned 30 years ago, I mean, 
it was like the fundamentals of computers and the nuts and bolts of what's turned into basically the second industrial revolution or technological revolution. Like basically we've had a revolution in technology. What has that been like? I mean, is it fascinating to you or did, did you know this was going to happen? Like just had a feeling that this was going to be the future? No, I will be lying 100% if I knew this is how it will be because now it looks like everything is automated. What we are talking, I knows what we are talking and the sentiment and everything, then they kind of put you in the right bucket. This is complete. I never thought myself it will happen like this. However, I really enjoy, I'm fascinated how it's making the progress. There's a lot upside to this, this one. All the repetitive tasks will be done by robots. And, you know, so, and we will be associated with the right type of people who personalization of content online. You know, this is about how, what we are talking about. So, you know, social media, maybe new platforms, Clubhouse, TikTok, yeah. you know, yes. they are really bringing you to the next, next evolution level of social media. It's not like Facebook or something, you know. Right, right. I migrated to, you know, Canada in 96 and then migrated to US a couple of years later. I worked for Oracle. There's a little company called Oracle, you know? Yeah, a little company. Yeah. So I was a consultant of the quarter. So I did from thousands of thousands of consultants. My focus was to kind of, I have to do my best. So I, at least I, I am working among the best. So I have to produce results. I was so focused. They picked me a consultant of the quarter and sent me for, I think, Three days, four days, Bermuda Triangle for the vacation, you know. Yeah. That's really nice. I probably have a certificate somewhere too. Wow. And then later I thought, you know what? I'm good in talking to people because I was able to make clients happy, empathy, all that stuff, building relationships. However, the computer science degree tells me talk to computers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was a switch, like a light bulb on. Oh, come on. I need to shift everything. We started a business, e-commerce business in 1997 with $694. And that was not even my own money. People talk about other people's money, OPM. Let me share with you openly. That was my partner's credit card because I did not have a credit card at that time. No way. (laughs) That is too funny. What were you selling online? Whether naming a company or anything, it's like an e-commerce online solution, like a prepaid calling card. I'm just, just giving you the analogy, you know? Okay. I'm not sharing what that is because I sold it. I don't want to, you know. Understand. Just, yep. Yeah. No problem. So it's like a prepaid calling card where I have the, I'm just selling the one digital number, like a calling card number to somebody. So if they are buying a retail, they, let's say they pay pay $100. If they're buying from us, they buy the same thing for $90. It's like a cost saving. Nothing else really, you know, because we were buying in a bulk and selling in the detail online. Yeah, yeah. Online. Wow, that's fascinating. I sold my online. I bought for $72 and sold for $82. I made a $10 online from the first customer. Imagine this. Hey, that's that's good. <laughs> That's the history. Then we sold for millions of dollars, competed with 30 companies all over the world. And we were consistently for 12 years, number one, when I sold my company. What? Holy smokes. That's so cool. That was all. People ask me, what's the, what was the secret? How you made it number one and stayed number one? Becoming a number one by chance, lucky, whatever, you know, maybe number two is sleeping one day and then you kind of, you know, talk over them, you know, <laughs> consistently staying on the top is very hard. Oh you know? yeah. That's harder to, it's harder staying on top than it is to get there. 
Oh, the, my number two, number three, number four, number five combined volume was less than mine. So that that huge difference is not not like a tight competition. Wow, you were well ahead of the the other the competition. You must have been doing something special. Goal was whatever we want to do, whatever it takes, we want to stay on target. Right, right. Wow. Traits of working on anything, you know. Yeah. So would you say? I mean, because obviously a lot of that comes from a certain drive within yourself to have that mentality, the, the drive, the discipline every day, you know, doing the, the tasks at hand that contribute to, you know, the pursuit of whatever goal it is. Does that come from you growing up as a young child, not having much and, and just really having to work for every single thing that you had? I mean, can you kind of describe like where that comes from? Like, I'm assuming some of it's genetics, maybe some of it's your parents instilling that, but where does it come from just holistically? All of the above. Huh. Work on myself. And I have a mentor who is a $10 billion guy right now. He's a recluse billionaire, Mr. O. Owns 160 miles of beachfront properties in the US and around the world. Wow. And owns 48 businesses. And right now, building a safe city in Tennessee. And he still has the time to talk to me. Wow. That's incredible. You got it? In fact, I have a later call tomorrow with him again. We interact with each other a few times a week, not a one day even, one time. So what do those conversations look like? like because what? wherever I'm stuck, he doesn't need to know what's working. He only needs to know, okay, we are on this call. <laughs> Bring me up to speed. I don't say, oh, I got this, I got here money, I made a sale. He doesn't need to know anything. What is not working? What's bleeding right now? Let's fix it. Mm. Interesting. Okay. That is the only question. He doesn't even say those words. It's already a code of meeting. Whenever I talk, I have to start with the biggest issue, which is stopping me right now. Yeah. Huh. And that cannot be from here and there. It has to be bigger scheme project, but we were already focused trying to deliver what we are stuck. The moment he answered, he, he leave the call right away. Sometimes it's a two-minute call. Sometimes it's a one-minute call. Sometimes it's a five-minute call. Sometimes it could be even a one-hour call. However, he will not leave the call until the solution is there. Wow. Right on the spot. That's incredible. <laughs> That's so neat. Yeah. Huh. And he is a, like a founder of 13 standards of knowledge, like a creator of 13 standards of knowledge. Number eight is no fear of negative. He said, more negative you have in your project, in your life, you're going to have more wins because your competitor cannot overcome. You need a determination to get over with that. And I always had a mentor in my life. And if you can see, if I can show, see, yeah, the book, this T-Cat Hauser. Yeah. I, he was my mentor. He passed away in 2018 and he was my mentor for 15 years. I learned some traits from him. I always had a mentor. Yeah. And this was his 57th book. 57th? Yeah. When, oh, when I kind of I was lucky enough to be in his life as a student, he was the author of 32 books. Wow. That's and amazing. Know, How did you meet him? Online. Wow. Even at that time. He sent me an email. I was lucky I got an email so from him. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about social media and LinkedIn. You've got, oh, sorry. I've got my son just broke into my office here. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. This is this is the life of working at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all he's, have the moments. Yeah. He's two and a half. And for all the listeners out there, yeah, this is what happens. So 
Give me just a sec. <laughs> hey, buddy. All right. Thanks. My wife saved the day as always. She came and got them. Anyway, so your LinkedIn, you've got roughly 19,000 followers, which is incredible. You know, and, and a lot of times it's not about the numbers, but what that tells me is you've been consistently creating content, engaging with your connections. What's the best way to increase engagement and just advice on using LinkedIn? Because I think it's so powerful. And I think that's there's almost like a social currency aspect to it as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, people say that your network is your net worth. Is just like, a, you know, everybody talked about. Yeah. I can, there's a qualification to this one. Your network is your net worth is not true, by the way. I just want to negate that one. Okay. Your relationship with your quality of your network is your net worth. Wow. Say that one more time. Relationship with quality of your network. Relationships with the quality of your network yeah. is your net worth. If I have 18,000 broke people, I will be broke. If there are negative people... I will be negative. I will be one of them. You said a few minutes ago, you are the average of five people you hang out the most with, you know? Yeah. So if they're all positive-minded, uplifting, they want to, you know, grow. Whenever you talk to any one of them, including Justin with you, you are going to give me something to grow. You know, we all will have a growth mindset conversation. Mm. Could be oil and gas. It could be entrepreneurship. It could be anything. However, it's how can we grow? Okay. The quality of your relationships with your network is everything. However, before you can build a quality of your relationship, you have to connect with the right type of people. Yeah. So also social media is a marketing. Is that right? So in marketing, only three things matters. Nothing else matters. If you are watching this right now, just focus on these three things. Your life will change. Your quality of your circle will change. You will end up in investing your time, not spending your time. Okay. With much better quality people. Three things. The first one is your market. Many people, if you're in business, they say call it your ideal client. You always only want to connect with your ideal client. If you're looking for a job, you want to connect with your person where you want to be five and 10 years from now. Yeah. Okay, so you can learn from him. Right. If I'm an IT programmer, I want to connect with the IT director. Yes. That's my life look like five, 10, 15 years from now. Whoever you want to be in the future, connect with that person. Whenever you can learn something, even though you don't speak with him ever, you look at their feed, guess what you're learning from their feed. So your ideal client, if you're an entrepreneur, you're looking for a partner to work with, affiliate relationship, joint ventures, your ideal client, only connect with ideal clients. I do not connect with anybody else. Mm. Okay? Yes. Then design your message like your ideal client is watching or listening or subscribing to your podcast or watching your videos or writing your you know status updates, whatever. Message. The first is the market. The second is the message. Now you're probably wondering, Justin, what's the third one? Is that right? Yes. The medium. Medium. Medium is if you are LinkedIn, you will write the same message a little differently because yes. it's a professional networking place. Right. Facebook, you will say, hey, Facebook, you know, it's like a chat, casual. If yeah. it's a TikTok, different. 
if it's Instagram, different. YouTube video will be relatively different. People say, oh, that's not true. How can I say the same thing in a different language? I say, you do it every day. Right. You speak with your wife or significant other differently, same message. If you have a news to share up, give an update, you, you will give update when you're speaking with your kids differently, to your business partners differently, to employees differently, your colleagues differently, you to your boss differently. So we all already have the experience every day communicating the same message to a different mediums differently. Yeah. Hmm. You do the same thing on a social media. Now you will, life will change automatically. Now you will enjoy what you do. Why? Because you are always excited to share with them something. Guess what? Why? Who is watching this? Your ideal client. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of how many views I got, who cares? If you have a $150,000 sale, how many views you need? You just need a one view. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and that's so true. And so many people get caught up in the, in the numbers. You know, one thing I think that Australia did and maybe even Canada is they got on Instagram, they got rid of either the views or the likes. Likes, likes, likes. Yeah. I think it's amazing. What's your thoughts on that? I call it likes or views or hits. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, hits stands for? <laughs> no. How idiots track success. <laughs> That's, I love it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Oh, man, I've learned a lot in this last 35 minutes. This is great. The reason is you're looking for, you know, you are a host, Justin, for a wonderful show, Island Guest, I'm sure. I'm yeah. a host of Growth Hacking Secrets. Potential guests say, ask, how many people are going to watch this my interview? It's like, how many views, how many this, how many this? I say, glad. Three people. I never say more than three. If you ask me that question, I always say three. I say, what? I say, yeah. One is you, because you want to know how you performed on the interview later. You are going to watch it. I know this. Yeah, sure, I will. Say, I will watch it. I want to make sure I didn't screw up. Yeah. There's one more person I'm trying to impact the life. You are talking to that person. And hopefully that's you right now watching. Only three people will watch. Everything else is a bonus. Yeah. No, that, that again, you know, it's funny because oftentimes people will, when I ask them to come on the show, they right away want to know. How many listeners do you have? How, where, how many downloads in which countries and all this, this and that. And, and again, the intent is good because they want to make sure the ROI is there. But it's some often skewed on, on what that return looks like and how do you measure the success of it. And I think that's a challenge where a lot of people face. I'll give a shout out to AES Drilling Fluids, which is the company that I work for. We have done an outstanding job with our social media marketing and our engagement. And, and I would call us early adopters mm -hmm. into a lot of things. We created a podcast over a year ago and other companies have seen the successes of that. And, and, and I've had friends that work at other companies say, you know, I talked to my boss about doing that type of stuff, but they just don't understand how it's going to increase revenue. And, and they want like how many you know people are going to do this and all these numbers. And they're so caught up in measuring things. And of course you, you can't, you know, like the saying goes, you can't improve what you don't measure. But I think that's oftentimes misunderstood is really, they're so caught up and hung up on, well, if I spend five, you know, hundred dollars on two microphones to create a podcast, how many sales am I going to get out of that? And I just don't think it would, and I know it doesn't work like that. How do you answer those types of questions? You know, in the accounting, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, the businesses who are going to survive only, who has the social capital left, 
because all the businesses will be community driven right impact driven how you can create impact if you don't are not talking to any anyone your customers will be able to help you to co-create your own product yeah okay so many of those people are looking at the numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers which is good these numbers will go on to zero how many businesses went out of business in last 12 months they're right and they're going every day you know why they had a zero social capital hmm. there's yeah. no other reason wow. i know a restaurant many restaurants are closing 60% restaurants who close they never open back again you know i know yeah. a restaurant who went from a smaller place to a three time bigger place i know personally myself you know why they focused on the right thing created a social capital yeah huh when i go to the restaurant it took it takes me almost an hour to even take my order they are that big line to even take out mm. yeah social capital yeah that's the key yeah. and that's true in majority of the businesses in 20 years from now if you have zero social capital you won't survive absolutely none in business i can you can prove me 20 years later i will accept my mistake that's how everything is going right now Well, the beautiful thing about podcasting and anything you put on the internet is it's there forever. So in 20 years from now, if people go back to this, they'll think you had a crystal ball, but I 100% agree with you. I wouldn't say preaching is the right word, but I've been voicing my optimism on everything you're talking about to a lot of people and a lot of people have jumped on it and and in oil and gas especially, we're very risk adverse and we're very slow to adopt a lot of this stuff and I'm seeing it come around, but I think it's extremely important. The one last thing I wanted to ask you about and I certainly want to respect your time but so for you know again you you host growth hacking secrets you've been doing it now for a while probably hundreds of episodes at least but what's the what does the future look like almost 2000 plus interviews 2000 okay so I completely underestimated that you've obviously interviewed a ton of people and have been doing it for a while you must love what you do but but what is the I mean what does the future look like with that platform and and do you plan on growing it or using it for something greater than what it is or i mean i'm just curious cuz you you obviously are growth minded and and so i see that turning into something what what's the end goal with that or is it simply just interviewing people and doing what you're doing yes and yes because i love what i do i love meeting people like you justin and because new ideas come from the other guests okay mm-hmm. so i like to learn every day that's a key part number one number two now let's talk about how it turns into dollars that's what probably your question is underlying question is it right part of it yeah yeah okay so let because many people are watching this how oh, i watch interview how you make money from the interviews yeah you can make a lot of money if you want we have a client who have a 50 million followers on tiktok generating 70000 dollar a month from tiktok account alone golly <laughs> that's okay. insane we have a client 20000 followers generating $1500 a month from tiktok loan so i give you the higher range i give you the lower all of the above in, in between yeah. okay so what you do is you take the interview now you this is now we are moving into a micro content world yes 15 second videos third yeah okay so we take the question take the shortcut answer not my long winded answers take the impactful statement as they on reply that creates a one content to put on tiktok and instagram and linkedin you will start seeing a lot from me yeah so from the 2000 interviews i have a content for next 3 to 5 years already i don't have to create it 
a lot of what you're talking about reminds me of, of advice and things that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. Are, do you, are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. And you know, Gary V, thank you so much. You are the leader and we are just a little weak followers who takes and start implementing a few years later than you, you know? Okay. So you are from, okay. Cause he talked about macro content to create micro content. And, and he almost said it, I mean, in a while back, he said podcasting on video is so important because it's the, you kind of get the triple threat. You have the audio, the video, and the transcription, all of which can be created individually, combined, spliced. And like you said, out of this conversation, we probably have a hundred pieces of content to be able to, to create out of this one piece of content. And so when you said that, I was like, man, that sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a student. I'm a student for life. Life to me is a learning is forever. Yeah. 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 No, that's, I love it. Well, one last question I, I have for you and then you may have already answered it, but what's something that you do every single day that contributes to success? Do you have any habits or routines outside of, you know, scheduling and doing your walks, but is there anything kind of on the fringe that you do, whether that's, you know, a certain tea or meditation mm-hmm. or stretching, or, I mean, is there anything that kind of like kind of dials you in even more that you do regularly? Gratitude. Okay. Then you wake up. I'm so grateful. I woke up. Right. Yeah. So grateful. You know, many people go to sleep. They never wake up again. You know? Yeah. That's so, so true. So grateful, healthy, and always have intention what I'm going to put good on today mm. to the world. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great, great way to, to close out. And, you know, yeah, gratitude is, is extremely healthy for, for you and everyone around you. But before we completely close out for everyone out there with OGGN, I appreciate all the love. I'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about some upcoming OGGN events. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for April 2021. This month, we have three events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our in-person event, which is the Spring Pitch Party focused on clean tech. It'll be hosted at the Canon on April 6th. Next, we have our two online events, the University of Houston PES Career Fair on April 8th and the CSPG GeoWomen eTalk on April 20th. Other than these events, OGGN may be hosting some more live streams this month, so make sure to check out our Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com for more information about any of the live streams or events we have coming up. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for April. I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in. Great. Thank you. And anyone out in the Houston area interested in playing oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old-timer hockey. We do it every two weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink. Hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. Mohammed, it's been an absolute pleasure. I was not expecting to you know, get as much value out of this as we did. And so hopefully all the listeners would agree. What's the best way for people to reach out or to get to know more about yourself or about the content you're creating? What's the best way? My social handler is Meet Sadiq on all social media platforms, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Meet Sadiq. Perfect. Well, we'll put the links in the show notes. That way, everyone is just a simple scroll down to the show notes and they can click on each and every single one of them. 
But, you know, you, you bring so much value, a lot of very thought provoking ideas, again, for growth and success. And so I really appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to relay to all the listeners before we close out? Yeah, thank you so much. You have been watching this so far. Go have your best amazing day. Don't forget to read my book, New Success Secrets, How to Build, Run, and Manage an Unstoppable Success Time because you deserve it. It's your life. You have a lot to put into this one. Create a successful mindset. It's not only a dollar sign. Successful mindset has dollars, quality of your relationships, and you are surrounding yourself with the people with a great gratitude and grateful mind. mind. That's a life worth living. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, always remember when the density is up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Oil & Gas Onshore, a production of Oil & Gas Global Network. For more information, visit OGGN.com.